I am Bill Cartwright with Living Right with Bill Cartwright. And this is the Stress Mastery Podcast, where we take you from the science to the spirituality of stress mastery. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stress Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Bill Cartwright, and I am here with that Friday edition of Super Millennial, David Barreto, giving us the Millennial Perspective. Friday, bro. It's Friday. What's going on? It's Friday. Friday. I don't know what that means to anybody, but it means it's leg day. It's leg day. That's what it means for me. Friday for me means that the gym is empty because everybody's out. Nobody's around, right? Yeah. You know, it's been funny because actually the gym, my gym's been pretty crowded. You know, three thirty in the morning, it's been packed. I'm like, what the heck's going on? And I realized everybody's getting ready for the holidays. They yep. work out to eat. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Good philosophy. So this week, our topic has been love, and we kicked it off on Setup Sunday. I talked on the love purpose. On Monday, with the Super Millennial, David talked on understanding the love purpose. On Health Huddles, we talked about the mind and our health, how it affects our health. On Ego Maniac Wednesday, Patrick Garner talked about Jesse and his purpose. What are the things, you that listening to those Wednesday episodes, you're seeing how strategically Patrick uses the purposes in raising his children. Mm-hmm. It is so powerful to understand when you know your own purpose, but then when you know your child's purpose, because the behavior is dictated from that. And, and when you understand that the communication changes. And so he talked about how Jesse's so different from his other son, you know? So that's a powerful thing, guys. It really is. And then on connection Thursday, we talked on, David's favorite episode, Finding Love in All the Wrong Places. Well, it was actually Finding Love, but today we'll continue our book study, Untethered by Michael Singer, Living Untethered, and on Saturday we'll close out the week with our very own Coach Peggy talking on love. Hmm, interesting. So, <laughs> my friend, lot. how'd you enjoy this week? This topic's different, huh? I, I thought it was good. I think it's interesting because, like, Vanessa, she's she's a love purpose, right? right? And for me, it's like blatantly apparent. You know, it, it's funny. And as I was going through the week and listening to it, and you know, it's almost like having flashbacks of like, oh yeah, she does that, she does this, she does that. It made me realize that if I didn't know her purpose, I wouldn't understand the rhyme or reason for why she does certain things. And it almost makes you kind of appreciate, you know, the disconnect she has because it's not her you know it almost makes me like you know have empathy for you know it's uncomfortable for her to actually react this way that it causes me to slow down to like help her get back to who she really is instead of just being frustrated or like oh here we go again it's almost like no 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 there's there's a way that i can actually interact with her to help her come back to be connected without even like Hey, you're disconnected or look at you acting like this. And I think that's important when you go through all of these purposes is that your interaction with each purpose is really determined whether or not, you know, that person's purpose and more importantly, when they're disconnected and that pendulum swinging. So uh, Linda listened to the episode, right? And she goes to me, is Vanessa, Vanessa's a love purpose, right? (laughs) And I go, yeah. She goes, wow. Because that was her. I go, yeah. Uh, it's so it's interesting you will know when it's when it's your purpose and everything else and you're right dave 
even in our businesses, we build the business. We know everybody's purpose. We know, uh oh, Bill's in the red zone. He's trying yeah. to impose his will over here. Uh oh, David just swung down into the red zone. Uh oh, Patrick's in the red zone. And then there's our new guy, Andy. Andy lives in the red zone, so it's pretty easy to know he's in the red zone. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, you know, Patrick Patrick became a real master at understanding the purposes, and you hear it when he brings on any guest at this point, and he learns to use that purpose. To, maybe they might not know it themselves, but he brings awareness to them within the conversation, and that that's like the superpower everybody can create is that they may not know their purpose, but you can start to learn the swings and the way they interact and all this stuff, and you're almost like an expert with people. You That's know? what the whole idea is. And it is. allows it's, you to navigate yeah. conversations and control your ego and understanding most of the time you're talking to their ego. And that's how the tribe functions. That's what people don't realize. So how do they go find your purpose, Dave? Let's give that and we'll start. We'll kick the book study in. Yeah, all you got to do is go to the links below or go to stressmasterycommunity.com. Uh, once you sign up, you go directly to the first class that is available, Alpha class, and it is the third course that's in there. Just fill out the survey. We'll go ahead and send you some information, some documents on your purpose and your five values. And how much are you going to charge them for that? Not a damn thing. Isn't that wonderful? We can only give it to you guys. You have to take that time to go do it. Mm-hmm. Can't do any more than that. That's all we could do. And then we'll give you materials built around it. Yeah. So it's a very powerful thing. So we are continuing our book study, Living Untethered Beyond the Human Predicament by Michael A. Singer. We're at chapter seven called The World You Live In. If you want to know where the moment in front of you came from, it makes sense to go to our scientists. They've inquired about this as far back as Aristotle and Plato. From the beginning of our existence, humans have pondered, Where did all this come from? What made it? Why is it here? If we ask scientists today, they will say that what you are looking at when you look at the outside world is actually a blending of much smaller objects. Your eyesight and all your senses are averaging molecule structures. As we've explained and explored, you are not actually looking out at the world. It's coming in to you through your senses. To see how this works, let's examine the nature of color. When you look at the world, it certainly appears to have color, but other than light itself, objects have no color. The only reason you experience color is because the lights bouncing off the objects has color. You see, this is when examining a prism. If you shine light through a prism, you will get different colors. It is called the electromagnetic spectrum. Light has different wavelengths, and you perceive each visible wavelength as color. Remember, R-O-Y-G-B-I-V. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. They make up the colors of the visible part of the light spectrum. It's also the colors of the chakras, people, just so you know. We're not going to get into that, but that's what they are. Light has different wavelengths. They make up the colors of the visible part of the light spectrum. When light waves hit a physical object, the different atoms and molecules of that object absorb some frequencies of the light and reflect others. Objects themselves have no color. It is the light reflecting off them that has the different color we perceive. This is a perfect example of how truth is not always what it appears to be. We will see this time and time again as we examine the true nature of what consciousness 
experiences. Scientists used to think that the atom was the smallest possible unit and it could not be subdivided any further. Today, we understand that an atom is composed of electrons, neutrons, and protons. It forms the basic unit of everything we look at every day. We could stop right here and have some fun with the very personal way we look at things. For example, what exactly do you mean when you say you like something? What is it you claim to be liking? If you like the color of the wall, that's like you saying like you like the part of the electromagnetic spectrum and not the other parts. Likewise, with any outside object. Do you really like some atoms and not others? It gets a little weird, doesn't it? This truth is very powerful because all you ever see or ever looking at is a bunch of atoms with light bouncing off them. After hundreds of years of study, scientists have told us that atoms get pulled together into molecules through the law of covalent and ionic bonds. This may sound complicated, but they really are just the laws of mag magnetism determining which atoms, will, which atoms will bond together. These laws, in turn, determine what you will see in the outside world. Certainly at this level, you can see that it's not personal. It has nothing to do with you. You don't decide which atoms or molecules bond together naturally. It's been going on all over the universe for billions of years. Our scientists have told us that there are currently only 118 different types of atoms in the known universe, with 92 of them occurring naturally on Earth. These are what make up the periodic table of elements. The, the periodic table represents the building blocks of what you are seeing and interacting with every moment of your life. This is not just on Earth. All the stars, the planets, and everything everywhere that we've encountered are made from the same basic elements. Many of you have studied the natural sciences in school, but what if you apply what you've learned to your everyday life? What's in front of you is simply the accumulation of mass amounts of atoms being pulled together by the law of nature. It all, it's all just science. Nothing is personal. Becoming personally offended by the flow of atoms as they pass by you is so illogical. Why would you get upset because of a bunch of atoms joined together? Don't worry. Before we're done, we will fully explore the phenomenon of getting personally upset over a bunch of atoms. From here, it gets really interesting because the question becomes, where did the atoms come from? Now we're inquiring about the origin of matter. Understanding where the atoms come from can give you a sense of your place in the universe. All that's happening in your daily life is your consciousness is looking at electrons, neutrons, and protons that have pulled together to form atoms and molecules. Since this is the world you live in, let's take time to explore where it all came from. Understanding this has potential to alter your entire view of life. Okay, Michael, you're getting weird, all right? <laughs> but he's getting real. So, Mike, what's your thoughts on that one, Dave? You know, the, the way that he puts the colors in a perspective i think it's it's awesome because i don't think many people think about that but as you were reading i was thinking thinking of how we have tvs and the technology within tvs and and it's just that it's pixels of color right and right. put in a perspective like a 4k tv has 4440 pixels blends in perfectly when one is disconnecting, you get the little black dot or that white dot in your screen. It's all you focus on. And that's what I kept on thinking. It doesn't It doesn't actually reveal itself until something's off. And then you start to question like, oh, what's that? You never put 
So a question like, oh, it's made up of all of these together. And then when you take it from that to how he said Adams, Adams can even be broken down even further. It goes so much deeper that sure. like when people put so much thought into minute things, it's actually so <laughs> vague and so small compared to like how big right. everything is in order to function perfectly. And literally, like you said, if one atom splits – Good, goodbye it's done and it works perfectly and so when we when he says you know why do you like this or don't like that you know why if you're looking at this are you upset why if you're looking at something right a bunch of atoms protons and molecules coming together are you upset and carrying that upset with you throughout the day <laughs> we see he's starting to open up what we talk about is the cage mind and that cage mind is where you're seeing in the outside world i always kind of like when i there's a lesson with my clients and and i tell them you know i hold up a cup i go what is this they go it's a cup i go how do you know it's a cup mm-hmm. because that's a cup no how do you know it's a cup well, I was taught that it was a cup. What do you use a cup for? To drink out of. Mm-hmm. But if you were an alien and came down, would you know what this is? But it's still there. Yeah. Right? It's still there. You have you have a program. Those are called tangible programs. A chair. This is a chair, right? That's what that's what it is. It's a chair. You're taught what's a chair. You can see a chair. You know what a chair is. It's called a tangible program. They're concepts. And we're and we're taught these. This is we're programmed in them, right? Mm-hmm. What about the intangible programs? What about love, like we talked about this week? What makes you look at something or someone say, I love them? And something else, I dislike that. Yeah. See, intangible programs now, these are programs held in the mind that can't touch love. You can't touch joy. You can't touch God. But they're programs. And so when he's talking about it here, it's really interesting. It's going to get really cool as the book goes on because I've already read this book. And why he's doing that is he's trying to break down your ego. He's trying to get you to question yourself, but not your true self, your false self. He's trying to get you to question, why do you put like this and like that? What makes you do that? What is that? And what he's doing is he's slowing you down and he's presenting truth, science to you, right? And then he goes a little deep, you know, what's the origin? Where did it come? Nope, we better stop there because that's going to start a whole bunch of like and dislike and anger and frustration and you know so we talked about love this week well how do you know what you love and we talked about the love program that's why love is not an emotion mm-hmm. does that make sense to you or is well i understand this very well because i'm a geek but can you if i explaining it right that's what i'm asking you yeah i think like when when he says like oh why do you do that or when you ask your your clients like why is this this because i was taught that it makes me think about and it sounds bad to say but we were taught most of these things by people who are unqualified to teach it because they were taught by somebody who was unqualified to teach it most parents don't know that energy stuff and like you said the percentage of people who actually you know understand it or even live this is small in comparison to the population so when i say unqualified is that they're being taught they're, they're teaching you what they were taught. 
and what they were taught. So, and, that, and that's where like cultures and things like that, it's not necessarily wrong, but it is, like you said, a program. So when you go deeper into what it is and all that stuff, and even school teachers and, you know, you got finance oh, teachers oh, teaching you yes. stuff to have debt and like all, but when you go to learn and you ask, like even in church, when I used to ask those, so where the, if there was a, a big bang that started all, you know, like all this and God said, where did he come and people would freak out, and it's not because of that. It's just I'm asking if you have the answer. Yeah, you you are a troublemaker. We already established and that, that. I think is the thing that kept me from growing and learning so fast is that it wasn't to cause conflict. It was to almost create resolution in my brain. Inquisitive, because I was having conflict in my own head there you go. that I was trying to solve, and I was asking people that I thought were qualified to answer it. And the further I got, it's it's kind of up to you to ask the questions and determine what is right to wrong. And that's just that rewriting the script and reprogramming yourself. And so when we talk about, like you said, generation, a generation, a generation, a generation, you're passed down the program. You can't stop it. It's mm-hmm. how the human being works, stage of development. I have a new, I have a client, right? And she went, she's gone back to school for the first time in decades. She's in her fifties. And she was like, I'm really struggling. School's really overwhelming now because of this online stuff and trying to go to school online. And I want to meet with the teacher and I want to do this. And I told her, I go, it's because your program of going to school is a classroom. Mm -hmm. And it was so cool to watch her because she is a stage four person to watch her take that and go, oh. And she texted me uh, during the week. She goes, I let it go and everything's fine now. Exactly. See, when you have a program of, in your mind, of the way things should be, it creates expectation. And when it's not as it should be, what you're seeing doesn't align. Online school doesn't align with her sitting in class, asking questions, talking to the person. It doesn't align. And so what happens? You get conflict. And if you can't understand that that conflict is something you're seeing, but you're seeing it through a lens. <laughs> you're seeing it's, it's it's there. You not liking online school. You not wanting online school. You not doing. You you feeling uncomfortable in online school. Doesn't matter why. It's an online school. <laughs> it doesn't. That's the, that's the reality. But that you're right because qualification. I, I, guys, listen to Egomaniac Wednesdays because Patrick is parenting from this. And it's amazing to watch. I've watched these kids for five, six years now grow. And parenting, when we talk about parents don't know, because they're your qualified first teachers, right? Of course they don't know. It's not their fault. Because how can you know it if if you've never been, if you're just passed down the program from generation to generation to generation? The only way you get this is you got to release the past. Which means you got to release your original programming, and Patrick's done that. So his kids are getting a totally different download process. I guess that's what it would be, right? Uh, than other children on how to deal with conflict and how things work and how to how to set the day, how to close the day, the importance of diet and exercise, and most importantly, he teaches them conflict resolution. He teaches them how to set goals. He, everything we teach is no re- these kids and Chelsea's proven it in school too. My daughter with the third and fourth graders, kids pick it up like that. Mm-hmm. But if the parent doesn't know, <laughs> how can they do it? If you don't work on yourself as a parent, you're not doing your children any favor. I don't care. You can say family first, family's great, family's this. 
it's just words. You're saying that because you think you're supposed to say that. If you're unhealthy, how can family be first? If you're not growing, how can family be first? If you're not teaching them how to be in a growth mindset and shift and deal with change and stuff, how can family be first? You're the patriarch of the family. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I agree. I, like I said, I, the questions to ask are the ones that, you know, confuse you. I think that's the part, like, you know, like when I, everybody, like you said, you were a troublemaker. It caused trouble because that was going against the grain. That was the things that Me they too. were taught years and years and years. And I don't have an answer for you, Dave, because that's just how it is. And then when you start to ask people that aren't, you know, when I used to ask stuff about certain business stuff, people who I thought were, you know, so-called successful, maybe making like 60, 70, 80,000 straight out of high school for me. I was like, how'd you do that? And then go to school, go to college, and then you start to ask other people who gain success. Now they're happy. Now they got certain balances, and now their relationships, all that. How did you do that? It's different from that person, you know, the right. person who was just go to school, have kids, have family, you know, retire, die. It's like, no, yeah, somebody else. And then I'll ask somebody else that may not have the success and wealth, but their family is amazing their relationship and i start to pick and choose and i think that's where you know creating my identity is is like a always ongoing thing because always I'm a, ongoing I'm bits of pieces yep. of conversations and experiences sure. i've had over my entire life most people don't have those questioning conversations they just want the approval conversations yeah you know i just graduated from this school i graduated from when people ask me i love it i said i'm two-time dropout they're like what i said yeah and they laugh two-time <laughs> dropout with seven figures in your <laughs> bank account next year watch and, you know and that's the truth but here's what you're saying right so when we self-authored the identity you have to understand that you have to self-author that identity you got to let go of the old one you got to self-author it but you got to stay in neutrality and stay open to change. That's a growth mindset. You can't just lock into a new comfort zone mm -hmm. or a new identity because if you self-author this identity, right, and about something, and five years it changes, guess what you got? You got a conflict. You're not open to it. And you got to look at for role models, not internal models. Not want models, but role models and say, yeah, how do you do that or that? And never listen to people's words. Always watch their behavior. Mm -hmm. Behavior will always tell you the truth, you know? And so yeah. you're absolutely right. And, you, you, and you, you look at it, it's an ongoing process. It's like a computer. The first thing you have to do is wipe that computer clean. Then you have to put a new programming in a computer. But that has to continually be updated. Mm -hmm. If you don't keep updating it, guess what happens to your computer? It turns into the old computer. It just turns into another valley. Yeah, I, I read a quote on a caption on Instagram yesterday that says, you know, your your book stops when you die, right? You keep writing it, right? And that, that was when you go into like a long part of it, it said some chapters are longer than others. And I thought that was great. You know, like right now, the chapter that I'm in is, is fantastic. I'm enjoying it. It's and fun, it's a right? good chapter to be in and it's, yep. it's longer but then there's going to be another chapter and another chapter. Some people who get to that point of, I got a good job, I got my family, that chapter, they may get to whatever, and it ends when they die. Like, they didn't finish the book. They didn't exactly. ever. And it said your book has a sequel, and it's what you leave for others, you know? There the you book go. ends that's with a you, great and then you go to the next person. And that's the way I thought about it, is that my life needs to be something where someone could read and learn from and put it in their book. 
and continue. That's what you want. You want to leave. That's That's the legacy legacy. I always talk about. (laughs) Yeah, you're leaving things for others to learn from your journey, right? Mm -hmm. But they they have to go through their own journey. But you want to leave a nice map, Mm -hmm. a nice blueprint, right? Don't follow because if ever you follow the blueprint of your parents and they haven't changed then you're going to have the same life as your parents and there's nothing wrong with that if that's who you are and you're satisfied with status quo you're, you're satisfied with getting by <laughs> but it's a long ass chapter it's about a 40 year chapter and you think it all changes when you retire and it doesn't mm-hmm. I, I i know because we well you and i both we had all the retirees we know what what it's like how, how their life becomes boring and and, and lacks life itself yeah. right you can only golf so much. You can only <laughs> golf so much, you know? So, all right, next week, peace. It's peace and the peace purpose. Man, wait till I unload you guys on Sunday. There's some great teachers from that peace purpose. We got to talk about JC a little bit because he was one of the greatest peace purposes ever to walk that we have to just a little bit. That's it for today's show. Our mission here is to create a shift in the planet. You can join us on this mission by simply like, share, and subscribe. Links are right below the show notes. Also, the links to come into the Stress Mastery community, absolutely free, no charge, no gimmick, nothing to do your purpose, to get the energies, find out stuff that what we're talking about here is free. Just click on a link, come on in, and just follow the guidelines. There's videos in there to guide you and everything else. And if you have trouble with that, ask. We're all in there. Yeah. We're all there to help you. As always, until next time, stay inspired. Stay inspired.